0: great Quill.
1: Hey, Duncan. How you going?
0: I'm so good. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks.
0: You ready to talk about some science news? Always. All right. Let's do it. Bam. Bam. We're in it. All right. So you wanted to talk about something you saw from our dear friends at the ABC. Friends of the podcast. Yep. And what was that?
1: Well, this isn't really a new science topic, but it's it's still a really important science topic. So this was a recent um, thing that's been both in the news and also an update that was on the ABC News website. Um, and this is to do with, you know, the evil single-use plastic bags. So basically, just recently we've had these whales washing up that have um, been dead on the beaches. And they've just, when they cut them open, they've got these huge disgusting gutfuls of plastic, and it's just horrendous. Mm, Have you seen these images? I
0: saw the photo on this article, and it is disgusting. Yeah. It's like the whale ate an entire skip bin. Yeah, it's It's terrible. It's foul. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this is something we know has been happening for a long time, and... Fortunately, we are trying to bring in some um, some rules about this. So, one of the rules is um, just recently um, from July the 1st, Queensland and Western Australia will actually ban single-use bags.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and this will bring them into line with the ACT, South Australia and Tassie, which so are already doing they've this.
0: They've already done that. Yeah. Beautiful. And um, Quill, we're based in um, which state?
1: New South Wales.
0: And are they listed in the ones you just said? No. no they're not. No. Come on, New South Wales.
1: So, already Victoria, which is the only other one apart from New South Wales that doesn't have a plan in place, mm-hmm. Victoria already has um, a plan to follow suit, Yep, and New South right. Wales is the only one without The only a plan. ones
0: without, terrible, yeah. okay.
1: So, if you can, it's to our beautiful listeners out there, get involved if you've got something going on at your school or at your local shopping centre or something where you can recycle those plastic bags, because... As we know, plastics take a really long time to break down. um, And a lot of time they don't even break down into something that goes away. They actually just break up into little bits that just stay around forever. They end up in our marine life and they're really, really bad. Both plastic bags and things like plastic straws can be also really, really terrible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Or the other thing that you can do um, before before even New South Wales brings in a ban, if it ever does, is you can just put on a personal ban for yourself. Exactly. So, switch over to those... um, the, like, cotton bags, mm-hmm. which you can buy for probably a couple of dollars or if something. they're a dollar. They're a dollar each yeah. um, at places, at your, well, your local supermarket. Yeah. I don't want to name brands here. That's right. But, um, yeah, so they are A, stronger, and B, larger. Mm-hmm. So, they'll, if they're a more effective bag, they you're are. not going to be damaging the environment. They are, first of all, they'll take more water to produce. They and they do. are more expensive to produce. But... Think about all the bags that you would use. Exactly. The plastic bags that you would would be using instead. And over the long term, it's a far more effective and more environmentally friendly solution.
1: Absolutely, and like, you've got to keep them with you. So like, I have green bags in my car. Um, I put green bags in my husband's car and I also have a little cotton bag in both my backpack for when I'm at work and in my handbag for the weekend. So, if I buy, spontaneously buy something, I've always got mm. a little cotton bag so I don't have to take the plastic with me.
0: Yeah, I've got a crate full of them yeah. I'm right next to my door. Perfect. So, they're ready to go at all times. Don't leave
1: the house without them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, maybe we should start lobbying the New South Wales government. I think so. <laughs> we can
1: get a lobby going on.
0: Yeah. So, the other potential solution here is, um, you know, other than a, a complete Ban on plastic bags is that some countries um, have introduced the idea of basically adding a levy, so a sort of a cost associated with with purchase of plastic bags.
1: Absolutely. Okay?
0: Which the idea behind that is that it's supposed to reduce the amount of plastic bags that are actually used. So Ireland tried this; they actually tried that in 2002. Mm-hmm. So good on them getting on it quite early, actually. Early birds. Yeah, um, and they introduced a, uh, a cost of fifteen. Pence, which is about twenty-two cents now, okay. Australian cents.
1: Not too much.
0: Um, back then in two thousand and two, and after that happened, there was a ninety percent reduction uh, in use of single plastic, wow. of single-use plastic bags.
1: So ninety percent—that's huge.
0: Ninety percent is absolutely massive. Now, yeah. a couple of years after that, in two thousand and seven, they actually bumped the price up just to make sure that the solution was going to be a long-term one, because yep. they found that people were just like, that's okay, I'll pay my 15p. Yeah, people got used to it. They got used to it, and then they said, that's fine, it's 15p, what's that? Mm-hmm. So they bumped it up to, but it must have been when they switched over to the euro, so 22 euro cents, or about 32 Australian cents. So, I mean, that is definitely a step in the in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion, though, you really have to go the whole hog. Yeah. You've got to just get rid of those get plastic of bags. Them. They're not doing any favours for anyone. They're not doing anything for our marine life. That's right. So, yeah, we've got better solutions. We do.
1: In fact, they've, I mean, and so some people have been trying to do different things. So one of the ideas they had was to make, um, degradable biodegradable bags. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's been a little bit of a kind of misconception about what actually that means. So, um, you might have someone, people might've caught it on the checkout recently. There was an episode based on degradable versus biodegradable.
0: We're basically,
1: yeah, great show. Um, Basically, they were saying that a lot of the things that are being made by the big companies to so say hey, we're doing our bit for the environment are actually degradable rather than biodegradable. Okay. So, degradable means it's going to break up into lots of little plastic bits. So, biodegradable means it will actually break down and, and go away. But if things are just degradable, they're not really helping. All you're doing is actually having plastics that break up into little bits that animals can yeah. eat and die from faster. So, so instead so-
0: of it's basically like... Before you had one plastic bag and now you've got six plastic bags. Exactly.
1: You've got thousands of little pieces (laughs) that can be eaten a lot quicker. So, if you're trying to make sure you're doing the right thing, you want to look for biodegradable as opposed to just degradable stuff. So, that's really important. We've just switched all our gear here at Physics over to um, biodegradable and also recycled stuff. Everything that we can. Obviously, there's a couple of little things, part of our science kits that we can't use, things that are biodegradable or we wouldn't get the experiments done, but as mm-hmm. much as we can, we swapped over to using these um, biodegradable yeah. things. We use great. a lot
0: of things like plastic cups we do. for our experiments. Yeah. So yeah, best to move completely to biodegradable if we can. Absolutely. All right, cool. Yeah. There we go. So um, give, it a, give it a little bit. Hopefully we'll be, you know, rid of this scourge of plastic bags exactly. forever. That would be nice. It would
1: be good. Another good thing, and this is just something, if you're around, for me, every time I go to the beach with my dog, I pick up rubbish, so I take a plastic bag, fill up a plastic bag. It's no different, (laughs) I'm going for a walk anyway, Mm -hmm. and don't just wait for like clean up Australia Day. It's no different, just pick up a few things along the beach. And um, it's amazing if everyone just did that, there probably wouldn't be yeah. rubbish on the beach. Cause you're picking
0: okay. up after your dog anyway, aren't you? That's right. So I, I always have
1: little plastic bags just in case.
0: Picking up after your dog is and... the worst part of that. Picking <laughs> <Yeah. up. laughs>
1: but at least it's my dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I always have a little plastic bag and I always fill it usually with rubbish, unfortunately, but at least it's getting it off the beach. So that's mm. always a good thing. And there's yeah. always a lot of straws and a lot of plastic bags, which is really sad. Okay. So um, I had another thing I wanted to talk about today, Duncan. This is something I think is um, pretty important, and probably we know this. We we get up pretty early um, oh, to yeah, get we our do. physics, uh, to get science out to all the people. So this is something that actually um, a recent study looking at how sleep helps to heal wounds faster. So um, everyone's kind of already know that you know if you're sick and stuff, you might need to have a bit of sleep. But people didn't realize how significant and how important that was and not only um, does sleep is sleep really important for healing your wounds, actually almost more important than your nutrition and eating healthy and that kind right, of thing. Okay. Now that can't be taken at a hundred percent, um, you know, because it was a small study. So you can't say we've just seen studied a few people. Mm. Um, and also it was quite a short study. So you might need to look over a longer period. We're not saying you don't need to eat healthy, but over a few days, it's, it's more beneficial to get some sleep than to spend mm. half, half your day in the kitchen, cooking up healthy things. Just hop back in bed and get some rest. Yeah.
0: So, Seven to nine hours is the usual recommended amount of time isn't
1: it exactly so this study was done in a army hospital um, and they actually um gave people an injury that needed to be healed i know broke their leg or something yeah well it's not that extreme (laughs) they gave them some blisters so apparently they don't even hurt they were just a bit itchy yeah so not so extreme so they gave them the blisters and then they separated the groups out and they monitored some people who were given seven to nine hours sleep and some people who were given two to three hours sleep over a three-day period.
0: Two to three hours each night? Yeah. No, two to
1: three hours each night, which is still nothing. not a lot. That's so yeah. yeah. So they had to give them a lot of activities and TV and ping pong games and stuff mm. like that to try and keep them awake. Because obviously after a couple of days of two hours sleep, probably not doing so well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they actually found from these studies that... Um, the people in the group where they got more sleep recovered um, much better than the other group. So they also gave these people um, some supplements as well to take. So they also checked to see whether um, the addition of some really nutritious drinks with protein and lots of vitamins and stuff in it helped that, and they tested both the people that were getting sleep and people that weren't getting sleep. Yep. So overall it showed that the nutrition didn't make much of an effect, but the amount of sleep they were getting had a big effect yeah. on
0: it. And they even did it with a placebo as well. They the, did, the of course. Yeah. well. Yeah. So, so for so. those
1: of you that don't know, um, a placebo is when you um, basically run a, like a, a pretend version. So if you were saying testing um, the nutrition and how that nutrition affected the healing of the wound, you would get one group that were taking a really nutritious vitamin protein kind of milkshake and you get the other group that had a milkshake that tasted exactly the same, but without all the nutrition and vitamins. And that way both groups don't know whether they are getting the vitamins and nutrition because otherwise they can actually use their brains and think that they're getting better because they're getting all these vitamins. Yeah. So it's to stop this effect where they um, think they're getting better because they're getting it and they're not actually getting it. So and it's no actually one a really knows. strong effect. It's a huge effect. effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really so interesting.
0: Any kind of study like this, you have to account for the placebo effect.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah that's really neat. absolutely. So but, um, what I thought was that the was result? really interesting.
1: Well, the, the main result was that this is obviously that the sleep was really important mm-hmm. in wound injury, mm-hmm. um, and that there wasn't a stronger effect from nutritional things as they had anticipated. But obviously, they did say they needed to do it over a longer period of
0: time. Yeah, uh,
1: probably over a longer period of time, you would start to see the effect of nutrition. Yeah, as reading well,
0: here, it says that um, the people who slept you know, seven to nine hours or mm-hmm. normal amount of sleep, or maybe nine is is—it's actually quite long. bit of a sleep in those nine days. Nine would be pretty yep. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, they healed in about four days. Yep. Whereas the people who were sleep deprived, yep. they healed in about five days. Yeah. So that's actually 25%... Extra time.
1: Yeah, and we're just talking about a few blisters. If you were looking at something like surgery or something major, then we're really talking about a big difference in your recovery. Yeah, absolutely. That
0: could be a massive amount of time. Massive amount of time. Yeah, be interesting to see. I mean, the the effect could stay at around twenty five percent. So if you have, let's say that you have surgery, you might take four weeks to heal. Yeah. If you're sleep deprived, that could turn into five weeks. Exactly. Which is you don't want to stay an extra week in hospital. Exactly. Or recovering. but then again we need we need to do more studies to find out. Yeah, of so course. it could be it might take you only really an extra day or the effect could be even worse than yeah. one one whole week. Yeah. So um, again, going back to that classic phrase that we love about physics twist, it remains to be seen. It does remain but, to be um, seen. Yeah, I think we'll keep an eye uh, keep an ear to the ground on this yeah. one. It's pretty interesting.
1: Absolutely. I can tell you what, when I was recovering from my CV injury last year. I slept more than I reckon I have slept in the last like four years in that short amount of time.
0: And look at you now. And look at Bouncing me now. Bouncing off the walls, jumping up and down.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got my leg yeah, back.
0: Absolutely. That's. What I did the same actually when I when I broke my leg. Yeah. Which is not to anyone listening out there, I would not recommend it. Don't do
1: it. Don't do it. Don't yeah. snap your Achilles either. I think
0: I must have slept so much more yeah. than I ever did. Yeah. If I got nine hours sleep every night, oh my god. Yeah. I'm going to bed early tonight though.
1: Early night. <laughs> early to bed, early to rise. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to talk something a little bit different, change tunes a little bit. Now, this one's a little bit more complicated, but we'll break it down a little bit so everyone can understand. Now, I have been accused of uh, having a little bit of a preference for things that are related to microscopy and the brain and things like that. And that's just a little bit of a offshoot from my background. Yeah, so. makes
0: sense. All things biology, yeah. broadly speaking, I think. But know? that's
1: okay, because it's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And anyway, Duncan's the space guy,
0: I've and have got a thing. space <laughs> one coming up
1: next, so that's totally fine. So, I have a really interesting article, and this was um, also on ABC Science, and this was um, a really interesting... Um, study that was done where science have actually created a 3D printed brain-like tissue using stem cells okay so that's a lot to digest in one that's let's, a
0: lot yeah it
1: is let's talk let's about do, what like that means word mean.
0: by word yeah. so what was the first part was 3D printed
1: yeah okay yeah. so everyone knows a 3D printer yep. a lot of people might have had them in their school or at their work or everyone's seen someone that's printed something random maybe mm-hmm. a
0: Christmas ornament we have one here we have one which here. which is actually the first time that I ever saw one used yeah it was Right exactly. here at physics.
1: So we have one going at physics all the time. We're always making our own random things. Yep. Um, so basically a 3D printer is like a regular printer, but instead of printing uh, an image on a piece of paper, you're printing a whole object, right? So it's in 3D. Um, and usually they use plastics to do this kind of melted plastic and it fits together. But in this case, what they've actually done is they've used what's called a bio ink. So instead of using plastic as ink, they have used bioegg which is actually made of stem cells. Now stem cells, if you don't know, are actually the cells in the body that are able to turn into any kind of cells. So normally if you say got your Um, cells. You've got your cells and they've already decided what they want to do. So they've already differentiated. They already know, hey, I'm going to be a bone. I'm going to be blood, whatever I'm going to do. But stem cells are still able to say, hmm, I'm not quite sure what I want to be.
0: yet. I could be a a skin cell. I could be even a brain cell.
1: Exactly. And the great thing about them is then we can use those to make kind of whatever we want. So by using a bio ink with stem cells in it, we can basically print cells into the shape of something we want that have the ability to become the cell that we need and they're already in the shape that we want.
0: Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is just incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they they said the main application of this kind of thing would be in treating disease. Mm -hmm. So certain things like, let's say Parkinson's disease or schizophrenia. Absolutely. Um, And the reason being that they can 3D print a type of cell that makes something called a neurotransmitter. Mm -hmm. A neurotransmitter being effectively a type of chemical that's in your brain yeah basically. that tells your brain to do certain things yeah so
1: we've got some way. chemicals that make us happy some that might do make us sad some that do lots of other interesting mm. things um but basically they come from a certain kind of cell and if we're able to print those cells we might be able to replace when those cells get damaged and a lot yeah. of those damaged cells is what leads to a lot of our neurodegenerative disorders and things yeah. that make our brain go a little bit crazy and haywire and yeah. not working quite quite right.
0: So Parkinson's, for example, exactly. that's, that's, a, that's a really good example, actually, because the kind of cells that are responsible for producing dopamine, mm-hmm. when they break, yep. that can lead to Parkinson's. Do- dopamine yeah. another type of that neurotransmitter it that is. we said, um, which is the chemical in your brain.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So the really cool thing about this is also that they actually take, um, they actually take brain tissue, the brain tissue that they're going to make, sorry, to make the cells, they actually take um, skin or blood cells from the person they want to use it. Mm, mm. So they basically take the cells from a person, convert them into stem cells so that they can then work with them to build whatever cell they need. But what this means is that it then has the same genetic fingerprint. So it's the same. So it's your cell, right? So you're making, you're printing out a cell that is it's the same as your cells so it means your body doesn't reject it right because we don't want someone else's cells coming into our body your body will fight against like if duncan tried to chuck some cells into my brain my body would be like hey wait no yeah. man i don't want don't duncan want cells in here these are weird Yucky. cells <laughs> yeah and you would have a big response that would try and fight that off so yeah. the awesome thing is they're actually printing these using the um the actual genetic material from mm. the person that needs the help
0: yeah and just a bit of background on that as well the other type of the other resource that we can get stem cells from is from well, what they call embryonic stem cells. Mm-hmm. So, they're effectively taken from before a baby is born. Yep. They're they're an embryo. Yep. And those, we can take some, stel- some cells out of those which are stem cells. Yeah. Which is another way to get them, but the fact that they actually come from the person that you're treating is the really, really important part. Yeah, of
1: absolutely. It's very interesting. Yeah. So, the way they do this is they actually print kind of a... Um, almost like a little cube. And this is like kind of cross, like crossover patterns, sort of like you might see a lattice on the wall, wooden wall out in the garden or something like that. So they make this kind of lattice um, into a cube. And then they pump that full of um, nutrients and growth factors. And it's kind of like this weird little jelly cube that's got room for the cells to then turn into um, something like a neuron, which is these cells that are involved in all these brain disorders, which mm. is really awesome.
0: Yeah, and yeah. they put that into the they put it into the brain, yeah. and away it goes. They, away it goes. You do need some other sort of support networks, I guess, in the brain, such as like wiring up some blood support, some some veins and stuff to it. But other than that,
1: yeah. Pretty so, awesome I mean, solution. this is the early days, right? So yeah. they're just starting out. But the, the kind of idea of this is, is really interesting. Um, and obviously, all these kind of things, they're complicated experiments, so they take a lot of research. So, mm. um, yeah, it's just kind of the first step towards doing this, but yeah. really interesting step um, and a lot of potential in medical research and in customized transplants, transplants that people don't reject, which would be really, really yeah really, really um, fantastic. And these
0: guys who um, actually wrote this paper, they seem really, really optimistic about the future of it. Mm. So in in things like um, Parkinson's, like I mentioned before. Yeah. So given that that's such a terrible, terrible disease, let's be honest, um, that would be um, making a big difference for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So mm. so something else that's cool about this, well, it's not, it's just something interesting about this, which I wanted to just point as a little side note. Um, The one, one of the issues with this only thing about it is that Because these stem cells don't already know what cells they want to be, they do have potential to turn into um, kind of tumor cells. Oh, yeah. Now, because they haven't been defined to go into a certain kind of cell type, and this this is what I think is cool. Not that tumors are cool, but they can develop into teratomas. Now, teratomas are basically tumors that contain more than one kind of cell. So this can be like a tissue that grows with like a brain that's got teeth in it, Or like hair coming out of his stomach, yeah, which is really really gross, but really really cool. Um, Have you ever been to the UN? at the University of New South Wales? They have a disease museum. Yes,
0: I was there late last year. It's
1: awesome, and they've got lots of stuff like this. And I remember I went there once as a young kid, and then again when I was doing my PhD there at UNSW. And the place is amazing. Like if you go and look at all these specimen jars, and there's all these weird tarantulas and stuff. So are are
0: they really in there? I don't remember seeing them. Oh yeah,
1: they're there. That's so cool. I think I out there for a long while because it was really creepy and awesome what is there
0: do you remember what specifically there is
1: there's definitely one with teeth and there's definitely (laughs) one with hair whole teeth um not like yeah whole teeth not a whole set of teeth yeah there's like teeth poking out of a growth with like some hair and some other cool things like that it's terrifying
0: yeah it is terrifying
1: (laughs) and i think i think from this from memory there's a big teratoma with teeth and hair and it was pulled from someone's neck
0: Yeah, yeah and i think one of the reasons that that happens, and maybe future Duncan will come in, yeah or future Quill even, yeah a new character. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the reasons that can happen is because of a parasitic twin. Have you heard about those? <gasps> I
1: have. Yeah, they're gross too. They're really gross. Let's do an episode on parasitic. Maybe twins. we should do a
0: whole episode. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing next week? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, we'll parasitic talk about it later. Twins. <laughs> anyway, so yes, um, apart from the whole parasitic twins and teratomas issue, this is really cool. <laughs> All right, so Quill, let me ask you a question.
1: Is it about space?
0: No. Oh, <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> this is how I start all of my stories. Let, like, let, let me do. ask you a question, a little hypothetical question. And then inevitably it's about space. It's like, do you like space lasers? Yes, uh, of course. I do.
1: <laughs> I like, let's hear about it. Anyway,
0: so let me ask you a question. Have you been to any sort of remote area recently and looked up at the, at the stars?
1: I actually have. I yeah. went to a wonderful beach called sunburnt beach down the south coast and i went camping down there and it Mm -hmm. was like looking at stars i haven't seen that many stars in a long time it was
0: awesome right Mm. so you go somewhere a little bit remote and all of a sudden you can actually see the entire milky way galaxy which is absolutely incredible so if to our dear listeners you've never done that before highly highly recommended go somewhere away from the city if you live in a city Um, say a couple of hours drive out like the blue mountains or sunburnt beach look up the stars There's so much up there that you'll never have seen before. It's absolutely incredible. Anyway, the point, the reason that I asked was that, um, the reason that you can see so much starlight when you're out in those remote areas is because in the cities we get something called light pollution. Absolutely. Okay. Which means that because there's so many lights set on in say office buildings and Mm -hmm. houses and that sort of thing, traffic, traffic, (laughs) stadiums, you know, whatever it might be, um, the actual starlight that's coming to us is not as visible okay so it turns out that this phenomenon of this sort of pollution of um of the air i guess you can say is not just limited to things like light Mm -hmm. all right so we found this story on a website called science news for students and we'd highly recommend this.
1: Yeah, it's this. great resource. Lots of cool stories.
0: Yeah, a lot of really interesting stuff, and they break stuff down into really simple terms. So they do really good stuff. Um, but what they they made they've come out with a story that basically says that scientists are having quite a bit of trouble um, looking into space now with their telescopes, mm. okay? Because there's so much pollution of a different type of radiation.
1: So okay? not light.
0: Not light. Okay. So these types of interstellar telescopes if we can call them that wow. actually work by radio waves okay ah. yeah so we can see what's out in distant space using radio waves what's happening is because there are so many radio waves emitting being emitted on earth things like wi-fi your oh. mobile phone
1: so it's not just me listening to the radio on not the just not
0: just the radio radio I see. but these are all different types of radio waves yep. so wi-fi your mobile phone, your microwave Ooh. as well actually Everything. emits radio waves. Well, microwave, microwaves, but they're the mm. same type of thing. Mm. Um, what else? The list is endless. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, there's a, I mean, Wi-Fi and phones is a lot that's these a lot. days. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And what they're finding is that because there's so much of this radio, radiation being emitted, mm. that it's clouding or polluting the, the frequency, what would you call it, the... What's the word, Quill? Help me out here. Well, I guess it's the
1: space, right? So if we think about waves and we know we've got the the visible spectrum, which is all the colours that we can see that are Mm. in white light, um and then we know we've got other things like x-rays we used to look at our bones and we've got ultraviolet light which are those awesome purple lights that make your clothes glow um, and radio waves are a little bit different but also part of the, that, electrum, that yep. spectrum we of can't
0: energy. see them but they're everywhere and
1: we can't hear them
0: we can't hear them either no, that's right so totally basically there. if you are standing Pretty much anywhere recent um, really. Um, you're constantly being hit by these radio waves. Yeah. They're absolutely everywhere. They don't do anything to you. It's no. fine, they're harmless, but they're absolutely everywhere. But so. the
1: problem is, I guess, that you all these different kinds of radiation have a different amount of energy, which means they travel kind of imagine they traveled on a different kind of space. So they they're all taking up their own space in the mm. air. They're yeah. on their different That's frequency, right. which is what you're saying, which is That's how right. often they basically how regularly they, they pulse, I guess you could say. Um, and so the issue then I guess is if all these Wi-Fi's and phones and microwaves are taking up the space where the radio waves are supposed to be. That's right. Yeah. So
0: sometimes, I mean, most of the time they're actually limited to a certain, um, frequency. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about when you tune in your, your radios into a radio station, you might choose something like 94.5, 105.7, right? That's a frequency, okay? Sometimes from these radio transmitters, they can actually bounce slightly outside of their lane mm-hmm. a little bit, not where they're supposed to be. Yep. And so people who are, say, trying to look through a radio telescope, all of a sudden they're getting this interference from um, radio frequencies that shouldn't be there. Okay.
1: So, okay. They're, so they're getting in the way, right? They're, they're getting, interfering.
0: They're getting in the way. That's right. Just like right.
1: you interfere if you're like standing around in the kitchen when your parents try to make dinner.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That's really... Great great analogy, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, if, yeah, so the idea being that they have actually built radio telescopes in these sort of quiet zones. Okay. Quite, kind of like the quiet carriage for a train, oh. except it's for telescopes. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> great analogy.
1: <laughs> oh, analogies <laughs> yeah, today.
0: Yeah. So, um, these
1: radio telescopes, is kind of like these, um, the big dishes, right, that you see.
0: That's yeah, right. I'm so, sorry. they don't actually produce uh, a visible image yeah. at the end of it. They produce data. Mm. So there was one example in this story from science news for students where one particular scientist was looking at the data that was coming in from his radio telescope and he was going, "Oh my god, I'm getting some incredible data right now." And then looked at it in a little bit more detail and went, "Oh, no, it's just Wi-Fi signals that I'm picking up right now."
1: Okay, so the issue is now with all this traffic in the radio wave kind of signals. Um, people that are trying to research out in space can't do their research properly. That's
0: right, because Ooh. of all this interference. That's no good. the funny part was that this this particular scientist was actually telling someone else, I think he said he was on the snowfields or something like that, um, and he was telling this guy, you know, oh, I had this great set of data the other night, but then I realised it was it was Wi-Fi, even though we're supposed to be in a quiet zone, and this other guy said, oh, yeah, I, I accidentally turned on my Wi-Fi that night. Sorry about
1: that. Ooh, that's (laughs) no good. Yeah,
0: trying to do it it. in secret.
1: Big, big no-no. Big
0: no-no. Yeah,
1: Yeah. okay. Wow. So that's very simple, isn't it? Something as small as that. And this is because these big radio telescopes I know have those giant dishes, and the giant dishes are designed um, to be able to pick up on really, really, really faint um, signal, right? So super sensitive. I mean, obviously, we're trying to listen to something going on in space, yeah. In terms of its waves, then it's really far away, it's gonna be really faint, we're gonna be lucky to see it. So even one person turning on their wi fi when they're yeah. not supposed to, is enough to like really get in the way of totally. what the it's
0: like search. it's like trying to hear what someone is saying if they're whispering mm-hmm. to you from the other side of a football pitch. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like you'd have to have pretty sensitive hearing. yeah And you'd need an entire dish to do that.
1: I reckon my dog could hear it.
0: You reckon it's yep. got sensitive. Yep. Can you hear the postman? Is that the idea?
1: You can hear when I open the cheese.
0: <laughs> all dogs can do that. I don't know, she knows what cheese <laughs> sounds like, but she can hear it. Is that cheese, quill? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Wow, so, that's really to be interesting. Con- yeah, something to be a um, bit like, concerned about, but maybe a p- potential solution here would be to introduce more of these quiet zones. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and we might have sort of mandated areas where if you drive through them, for example, then, well, first of all, you wouldn't be allowed to drive through them mm. because... Things like the spark plugs in your car can actually emit their own radio wave, believe crazy. it or not. Um, or say, failing that, you'd have to turn off your phone. Um, electric fences aren't allowed because yep. if something wow. touches an electric fence, it actually sends out its own radio wave. Um this crazy. Isn't it'd it? be like an electricity dead zone. In order yeah. to make these things work, because they have to be yeah. So if you're trying to listen to someone at the other end of a football pitch who's whispering to you, and someone's tapping on you, going quill, quell quell quell, it would be pretty hard to listen, right? Mm. So the same idea applies here.
1: that's really interesting so so in this article i also um noticed that they talk about um that they're running a competition for people to try and design ways to kind of filter out that that interference that getting in the way of all of our signals. so they've tried it before using special um algorithms so an algorithm is basically just bunch of instructions that tells a computer how to do something so if I said I'm going to give you an algorithm to help make your breakfast I might say get out a bowl get some cereal pour the cereal in pop some milk on top mm. bam there's your cereal making algorithm now obviously these ones are more complicated mm-hmm. um, but they basically just tell your computer how to get rid of all that interference um, and I did read that they're trying to get a, they're running a bit of a competition over a two-year time period that's going to hopefully um, find some different ways that people can then share the same wavelength, so the same frequency. Oh, wow. Yeah, so okay. it's really... I think there's, there's a $2 million prize for the team that can do that. Um, okay. And it's a two-year competition. It runs until the end of 2019 um, to try and figure out ways scientifically that you can actually share that wave, those wavelengths without them getting in the way of each other.
0: That's really interesting it is because that is like no
1: idea how they do it but no no
0: (laughs) if you did you'd win two million yeah that's right damn um, okay i gotta
1: get working on it
0: that's like um really if you think about radio stations yeah you can't tune into two at once you have to pick one
1: no that's right
0: you can only ever have one broadcasting on one particular frequency that's right and you also run into problems with um some wi-fi modems or wi-fi routers yeah they all have to automatically detect a frequency that's not used because if they colliding to each other and the, they're on the same frequency, it mm. won't work. Yeah. So, no good. Yeah. And because it's going to be, you kind of imagine if you have say like a three lane highway and you've got more and more cars or more and more Wi-Fi routers and yeah. cell phones, cell phones, mobile phones yeah. joining this three lane highway, it's going to get more congested and congested all the time. So. We're trying to figure out, oh, maybe we'll fit more people into one car.
1: Well, and they're also trying to say, hey, maybe this lane or this frequency can just be for scientists because... The research they're doing is really, really important. So mm. kind of like if you're on the road and an ambulance is coming, you need to pull over and let them through. Oh, yeah. Or if you're at, you're there and there's a bus lane, the buses, that's just for buses. So yeah. same idea would be to make um, a frequency that's just for scientists to use um, so that they don't get all your just hanging out, playing whatever game you're up to. Fortnite, I think, is yes, um, it's it's one that's going at the recently. moment. <laughs> so that your Fortnite on the Wi-Fi isn't interfering with people that are actually trying to discover really important things yeah. about our universe. I'm sure it's a great
0: game. But... Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. Cool. So there you go. Yeah. So
1: really interesting things going on in the world this week, mm. as always.
0: Always. Yeah. We never run out of things, do we? We don't. Mm. So that's a wrap on Physics Twist for this week. So thank you all for joining us. Um, don't forget that you can meet the wonderful people of physics at your school, vacation center or birthday party. Just go to physicseducation.com.au. Um, also, if you like this, you can rate us on iTunes. It really helps us out. And just a quick note that Physics Twist will be taking a break for the rest of the school holidays, so we'll be back in two weeks' time with more fresh science news. In the meantime, if you'd like to hear some thought-provoking discussions with leading education providers, you can check out the Physics Ed podcast run by the beautiful, lovely Ben Newsom. Our awesome boss
1: Fantastic. always has a word to say, yes. especially about science.
0: Sometimes too many. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.
1: Enjoy your school holidays.